Hello, this is Rudy Holland, and I want to thank you again for joining us for our podcast. If you're joining for the first time, uh, please get your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Philippians. We're going through the book of Philippians. We're not doing an expositional study. I'm not trying to cover all of the, the, the teachings in detail, but just lifting some nuggets out along the way that will help us in our walk with the Lord. I remind you that the theme of the book of Philippians is rejoice in the Lord. And it's a a book written about joy. Paul writes the book, interesting enough, at a time when you would think that he knew very little about joy. He was a a house prisoner uh, in Rome, waiting to be tried and ultimately to lose his life for the sake of the gospel. And yet he writes to this, these believers in Philippi, the church in, in Philippi, with an emphasis on joy. You know, we live in days when I guess sometimes we wonder uh, what we have to be joyous about. But ladies and gentlemen, may I say to you, we have much to rejoice in the Lord about. We can rejoice in the fact that our sins are forgiven, can't we? My goodness, what a, what a wonderful thing to think our sins are forgiven. We can rejoice in that we, 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 we share our life with a resurrected Christ, one who has power over all of creation, and one who has no limit as to what he can do for us, what he can do in us, and yes, even what he can do through us. Well, that's something to be joyous about, is it not? Then we have, uh, we, we, we have reason to rejoice because we know when we go, where we're going when we die. And the Bible says it's appointed a man wants to die and after this, the judgment. And nobody wants to die. I always remember the words of the old preacher, Dr. B.R. Lakin. He used to say, well, if I knew where I was going to die, I wouldn't go there. And that's so true, isn't it? All of us want to live as long as we can and uh, enjoy every day of it, but of our lives. But the reality is one day, if Jesus tarries his coming, if he does not return, all of us will go through the chilly waters of death. But isn't it a wonderful thing to know that we awaken in the sunshine of heaven and in the presence of Jesus? Just this morning, I got a call of a, of a lady who had passed, uh, passed away. And she happened to be a lady who I led to Christ many, many, many years ago. And I was thinking about the sorrow of the family, because I know the family. And then I thought about that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory that they have knowing she is in the presence of the Lord. And we can rejoice in knowing that our separation from our loved ones is only for a while. Now, I don't know how long. I don't know how long before I die and I'll see those in my family that have gone on before me. Or I don't know how long it would be before Jesus would come and we would be raptured out of this life and again into the presence, not only of the Lord Jesus, but of our loved ones. So I say to you, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice because of all the blessings that we have. 
Well, Paul in the book of Philippians doesn't deal with those particular issues. I, I just sort of inserted those out of my own heart today. But he does give us some warnings that there are some things if we don't approach them with a, a, a appropriate attitude, can and will steal our joy. He talked about in the first chapter how sometimes the circumstances of life, if we focus on those circumstances and wallow in those circumstances, if not careful, we our joy in the Lord will diminish. And even we can lose the joy. Of course, people sometimes can be a villain, can they not? The treatment that we receive at the hands of others, and sometimes even of other brethren, can cause us to, to lose our joy. In chapter number three, that was chapter two. Chapter three, he talks about how a wrong emphasis on the things of this world or the things of this life can cause us to lose our joy. And I love the fact that the Apostle Paul in the third chapter makes much of his pedigree. You know, sometimes we think that our joy is based upon our, our pedigree, who we are in life. I'm so important. I have this position. Joy comes with a position. May I share with you that some of the most miserable people I've ever met in my life, some professing Christians, came from, had great pedigrees, came from lineages of, of, great, of money and great power, but they lacked the joy of the Lord. I've met people in great positions. I've, over the course of my life, I've had the privilege of being in the presence of some very powerful people. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've got to talk to some of them and was amazed that their life was filled with all kinds of excitement and even happiness, but they did not have inner joy, a contentment of life. And so Paul talks about how the things of this life, whether they're tangible things or our pedigree or our position or the powers that we have, they are, they are not the producers of inner joy, contentment, peace. And those are the things that the Apostle Paul is saying we have in Christ Jesus, we can rejoice in the Lord. Now, if you have your Bibles for the next oh, eight minutes or so, ten minutes, I want to call your attention to just a, a couple verses. And I'm going to read them, and then I'm going to comment on them. Uh, and then the next podcast, I don't want you to miss the next podcast. next podcast is going to be very practical. I'm going to share with you uh, four lessons that Paul, or four principles that Paul establishes as to how we can live successfully in our lives, how we can live in the fullness of joy. But for, for today's podcast, look, look, if you will, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. Now, Paul had just talked about his pedigree and all that he had as a Pharisee and his birth and his birthrights and all of those kind of things. And he said he counted all on loss for Christ and even compared them to dung in verse number eight, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. But then in verse number 10, he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made, being made conformable 
unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now those two verses is where I want to focus our attention on, on uh, today for the podcast. And, and I, I, I want to just go through and comment on what Paul says. After he talked about his pedigree and talked about all his birth and his birthrights and all those kind of things, he said, but I, I really just want to know him, that I may know him. Now, this word know there goes far beyond just knowing about Jesus. I meet people all over this country who know about Jesus. All they know about his birth, they celebrate it on Christmas. They know about his life, they learned about it in Sunday school. They know about his resurrection, they celebrate it on Easter. Oh, they know all about him. But if you talk to them for a little while, they don't know him. Maybe I could do, use this as an illustration. Many years ago, in the days of the uh, early days of the, the presidency, or actually he was a candidate for president of, the, uh, of, of Ronald Reagan, I had the opportunity on a couple of occasions to meet him. I shook his hand. I introduced myself to him. <laughs> After he became president, I had the privilege of being in his presence a couple of other times, and each time I was I, I was there, I, I so I guess I could say I know Ronald Reagan, right? You say, well, that's a little uh, presumptuous, don't you think, Pastor? It surely is. But I was I knew about him, I knew about his past, I knew about his political affiliations in uh, California. I knew about his governorship. I knew about his position on, on particular issues. But I'd be a little less than honest if I said, I knew Ronald Reagan. I didn't know Ronald Reagan. But let me tell you what. I meet people all the time and say they know Jesus. And about the only thing they know about him are those things that I, I listed a few moments ago. They really don't know him. Now, they may know him even as, as a Savior. They may be saved. I'm not suggesting that they don't know the Lord as their Savior. But I am suggesting that this word, that I may know him, goes far beyond just knowing about him. It's having a personal relationship. Let me ask you a question, I'll, just to clarify. When's the last time you talked to him? Now, I'm not talking about those formal prayers that we pray, you know, now lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my, my soul to keep, you know, and all those things, no. I'm not talking about those prayers and that, 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 that conversation you have with him when you thank him for the food, you know. No, 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 I'm talking when you have a personal conversation with him. I'm not even talking about those, those uh, what my grandparents used to call pretty prayers. <laughs> we come back to church and say, boy, he sure did pray a pretty prayer, didn't he? Well, I understand what they mean by that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that personal relationship where you can just say, Jesus, I need to talk to you. And you pour your heart out, and you feel his very presence. You know he hears you because you know him. You know him. That's what Paul's talking about. Then he expands on that thought, and he says, I may know him and the power of his resurrection. They weren't talking about knowing the power of getting up from the grave as Jesus did on the third day after his death. He was talking about that power that was demonstrated when Jesus was raised from the dead. 
and in our case, Paul probably was alluding to, I want to know that power of life, living. Living without the fear of the grave, yes, but living in victory over the problems, the pain, the sufferings, the temptations of life. Not only in the power of his resurrection, but I also understand Paul said that I, if I know him, i got to know him also in the fellowship of his sufferings. When you study the life of Jesus, there's one thing that is very evident, and that is he suffered much in his life. Ultimately, the suffering, the death of the cross for our sins. And you and I, who name his name, we need to expect that we shall also suffer as a result of our faith in Jesus. And he said, being made conformable to his death. And I think Paul here was alluding to the fact that he knew that he would be, he would die the death of a martyr. And some of us, and I say us, if Jesus tarries his coming and this country continues on the route that it's going, I have no doubt we'll pay the ultimate price for our faith. People all over the world do. They have ever since the early days of the church. And we're no better than they. But always remember, to live is Christ. <laughs> but to die is gain. Oh, that we may know him. Know him. And be willing to know the sufferings as a result of our faith. To know the power of the resurrected Christ living in and through our lives. To know him in a personal way. That's what these verses, I think, are really trying to say. And that's what Paul was saying. Remember now, he was saying those words as he sat as a, a house prisoner in Rome, waiting for his own trial and his own execution. May God help us today to live a joyous life because we know him, because of our personal relationship with Jesus. Well, I want to thank you again for listening to these uh, thoughts from the book of Philippians. I hope they'll be a blessing and a help to you. And I trust that you'll tune in again for the next podcast. God bless you. Have a great day. And until the next time, goodbye.